Ken Whiteley, that's him, fully produced in the background. Ken Whiteley is a Canadian roots music legend. His musical journey has taken him from jug band, folk and swing, to blues, gospel, and children's punk music. Yeah! Among numerous accolades, he's been awarded Canadian Folk Music Award, Genie Award for Best Original Song in a Canadian Film, Lifetime Achievement Recognition from Folk Music Ontario, Ontario Council of Folk Festivals, and Mariposa Folk Festival. He's also been nominated for seven, count them, seven Juno. Has that changed? Is there more now? Not yet. All right, there soon will be. That's young. And 16 Maple Blues Awards. Ken's live performances showcase his outstanding musicianship on guitars and mandolin and about 37 other instruments, award-winning original songs, and his powerful vocals. He's been called a cross between Pete Seeger and Tony Bennett on 11. 
with, whether leading his own group solo or collaborating with peers at blues, folk, children's festivals, concerts, just everything, bar mitzvahs, the whole thing. Anyway, his productions have garnered 10 Canadian gold and platinum albums, 4 American gold records, 22 Juno and 2 Grammy nominations, and sold over 8 million copies, and he's still flat broke. Ladies and gentlemen, Ken Whiteley. <laughs> We're talking about the truth here. <laughs> the truth, baby. Set you free. How are you, buddy? I'm fine. I'm, I'm not only glad that you're back on the show, I'm glad that you're back at uh, Hughes Room Live. I am glad that I'm back at Hughes Room Live. It was touch and go there. Uh, Richard Carson, I think, deserves a lot of credit for all the work he oh. did and, you know, in building that place up and his vision for the place. Yeah. But And now it's actually constituted as a nonprofit organization. Richard okay. had been running it <laughs> without a profit for 15 years. <laughs> And yeah. uh, and so that's you know so but but how but, is he is he doing okay because I've some seen health him once stuff, right I've seen him well he had pneumonia and I think that certainly didn't help in their no. final six months that he was very sick but uh, so so it's you know they they certainly still have challenges it's it's hard to sort of close something down for for six five months or something and then try and bring it back up yeah. but when I've been there with the things that I've heard the, the crowds have been great Good. and and it's in a lot of the same staff is back yeah. And, same people doing the sound, same great sound. Have they changed the menu? They're playing with the menu. I've I have seen some different stuff. I don't just want to remind Leanne. She just walked through the shot. I don't know if you need it. Do you? You okay? You okay? You need to pee. Okay, Leanne needs to pee. Everybody. Sorry, Ken. You have these wonderful uh, new uh, interns here. Yes. Working hard, yeah. diligently yes. on your behalf. I know. And they improve the. I so what you're saying is I shouldn't place. throw them under the bus. Perhaps not. Okay. All right. Uh, Ken Whiteley's Sunday Gospel Music and Brunch at Hughes Room is uh, Hughes Room Live is back. The series kicks off on October 29th with Sacred Steel guitarist Chuck Campbell of the Campbell Brothers, the fabulous Levy Sisters, Amoy and Cecile, bassist George Freakshow Kohler of the Shuffle Demons, and uh, drummer Bucky Berger of Fathead. Brunch from 1 p.m. with music from 2 p.m. Uh, get your tickets and table reservations now. Go to HughesRoomLive.com, HughesRoomLive.com. Can I, many people know me that, uh, but let's see, they, they know that I struggle spiritually and that I don't do uh, church very often, uh, hardly at all. But this is my church. I come to this thing I'm and I, I feel more spiritual, fizzy things happening. What the heck does that mean? I, I feel good. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it's... I thank you that, and I'm glad there's, you know, I think there's lots of different churches because there's lots of different kinds of people in the world. And, yeah. And it, it ultimately comes down to being receptive. And, and, and I always feel that, that my role there is to, is to make people feel welcome. Yeah. And that we have a sense of mutual respect and that we are all trying to connect with something that, uh, you know, connect with, with, I, I, I'm comfortable using, religious terminology i mean you kind of say i'm i'm we're there to connect with god but if you don't think it's if you don't want to use that term if that word nope. scares yep. you you yep. know Ooh. you're still welcome through the door yeah and and, and you still feel a little something something and we'll still feel something and yeah. and it's so it's it's open-ended it, it's not it's not like laying a trip on anyone and yet and yet it's it comes from a sincere place of uh of celebration yeah. of 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 the spirit that and and we can all share in that. Well, that would that, that's maybe one of the best plugs we've ever done on the show for a gig. So I hope uh, we pack the place out. Here's the thing: it's on a Sunday afternoon. 
It's got some good food. It's got it's a listening venue. It's intimate, but it's not hoity-toity. It's a historical kind of little place, and there's a variety of things happening on stage. It's not like you're stuck with one person and one guitar, and if you don't like it, you're done for the you know. Right. There's so many things happening. There's something literally for everybody. Right. So it is a fantastic event, and uh, come see me. I'll come say hi. I'll be there, and I'd love to meet uh, the odd person who listens to the show. Emphasis on odd. Yes, and uh, and you know, and, and you're right. I mean, I've been doing this now for 15 years, and and the genesis of the whole uh, concept is, came out of doing folk festival gospel workshops. And Estelle Klein is the woman who really began this whole thing with at folk festivals of putting people from different traditions together, but they still had you know they could share what was common, what was different. You know, and, and it was it, and it was very open ended because it wasn't like it wasn't like a set list where you knew mm. exactly what was going to happen next. So everyone has this kind of openness. Yeah. And especially in the spiritual context, openness is a big part of what it's about. It's kind of key. And there we are. There's you know, so Chuck Campbell will be up from the United States of America. He was happy to come, and uh, he'll be there. He is one of the most incredible musicians you've ever heard. Mm. And then. All the way down from Brampton, we have the wonderful, the fabulous Levy sisters, Amoy and mm-hmm. Cecile. And Amoy, they, I mean, pipes. Pipes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those women are great singers. And what's really gratifying for me now is I've been friends with them now for well over 20 years. We've been singing together. And, mm-hmm. and, and so I can throw something at them that they've never even heard before. And I know they'll they step up it. to the mic they when the chorus it. comes. Yeah. They're right there. They're right there. And, good. Uh, good. and it's so great. Well, listen, would you happen to have a guitar with you? I happen to have a couple of guitars. I've got my my metal-bodied guitar strapped over my shoulders right now. Which I don't know how to describe this to our listeners. We always have fun trying to describe it. It kind of reminds me of um, of Keith Richards' face. Ha! <laughs> This is a this is a, a well worn instrument. It's it's uh, <laughs> that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah, it's it's seen a few years. Uh-huh. How old? It's, it's older than me. Now this was actually from the last year of production. So these were invented in the 1920s. These national resophonic guitars. Yeah. So they were built for the National Cash Register Company. Okay. And but during the Second World War, once the United States entered the Second World War. Then all the metal was commandeered to make armaments and ships and planes and stuff like that. So they had they had to shut down the factory in, in the 40s. So this was made about 1941 or so. And uh, and just and just give beauty. everyone just a little taste of what that little baby sounds. If that don't reach down and grab your soul, you don't have one. There's, there's no soul in you if you can't if you can't get that. Ken, what song are we going to do right now? Well, I thought I'd start off with uh, a Sacred Steel song. This is one that actually uh, I've recorded with Chuck Campbell, and it was originally recorded by a guy named Willie Eason. Okay. On April 30th, 1951, cool. and I was learning this song from his 1951 recording of it, and then. I uh, realized that he recorded this. I was born in Pennsylvania. Okay. He was recording this in Philadelphia on the day I was born. Shut up. And I thought that was kind of uh, a cosmic coincidence uh, worthy of note. So I 
So even though I was already learning it, I was kind of like, okay, this is this is a this done is deal. Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Live on the Drew Marshall Show, the one and only Mr. Ken Whiteley. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I won't live so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I'm going to sing so. God can use me anywhere, Lord, anytime. I want to sing so. God can use me. Mr. Ken Whiteley on the Drew Marshall Show. Buddy, you brought your A-game today, huh? A little show-off. Have you ever just been in the middle of a song and gapped so bad, had no idea where you were going, and it just, you, it was embarrassing. It was just horrible. Total train wreck. Yeah, total, say. yeah. Yeah. Uh, when was the last time that happened, Ken? I can't remember, and I don't wish to. No. <laughs> Therapy. I want to visualize. <laughs> a clean road ahead. A clean road ahead. Got yes, it, yes. got it. The first album or record or musician you ever listen, remember listening to, who would that, that be? The first record that yeah, I ever first remember. Al- remember you Burl had it. Lives. Burl Ives. Burl Ives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I was about three. And we you can't had, remember that when you're three. Yes, I can. I have lots of memories from when I was three. I remember when I was a year and a half old, waking up in my crib, and I woke. I'd woken up, and it was like 
a gray morning. It was in, uh, it must have been late spring, I would suggest. And, uh, or, or I mean, it could have been early fall, but he was kind of like, and I thought, well, this is weird. There's, I, I've no day and I know night, and now it's like just all gray out. <laughs> and it's not, it's neither night nor day. What's, and everybody's still asleep, but it's it's not. You realize this is weird, right? You realize the fact that you remember this a, a year and a half is weird. Maybe I was almost two, but. <laughs> well, that, okay, now it's not weird. It's just. Yeah, yeah. yeah He's had that beard since he was two. <laughs> yeah. No, I started growing the beard in high school, actually. Did you really? Yeah, but but when I was five, I used to draw pictures of uh, you, this guy with the beard. I visit, envisaged myself with this beard. And uh, it, there was a, a guy who had an old burnt shack, like his house. His house had been burned down. Yeah, and you know, I mean, I, you've heard me say before that that to me, reincarnation is a tenable hypothesis. And and so I, when I was in Brinkley, Arkansas, in in nineteen uh, the summer of nineteen seventy one, and I had this incredible feeling of like, man, I've been here before. This is not my first time in Brinkley, Arkansas. So so I strongly suspect. I don't know. I have no evidence to prove it. But, mm. but those memories from when I was very small was that I was probably, um, you know, a, a bit of a, you know, a bit of a shit disturbing African American who had his house burned down right. uh, in a, in my past life right. in, in, this, in the southern United States. Ken, you're not allowed to swear on the radio, Ken. Well, I was just referring to <laughs> a natural function of the human. You know what? I wasn't saying that certain people were, you know. What is that? I want to go back to the Burl Ives for a second. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> My memory of Burl Ives is always associated with Christmas. Yeah. Is it? Do you yeah. think? Do you think? I, I don't, well, I don't not, have that association because no. I think of him. As a real musician, not just a Christmas shtick. Yeah, and I, and I, uh, I was kind of. I, I felt a little bad about my attachment to Burl Ives because I found out that, you know, during the McCarthy era, he basically disavowed the association that he had had with Woody Guthrie and Pete Seeger and all these people. Wow. And, you know, just sort of distanced himself. I yeah. was never a fellow traveler. No, no. I was, you know. So that, I, I, that kind of, he dropped a notch. Yeah, in I can my imagine. Opinion. I but, can imagine. But, you know, but anyway, people make these decisions. And sure. Who am I to judge someone else? If you ever find out anything about me, will you disavow me? <laughs> Depends what it is, I suppose. Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought we had unconditional love, Ken. We, we do. And but I, I and I would if you if you came to me and said I did this terrible thing. Yes. But I'm really I realize repentant. I repentant. Yeah. Yes. Then then you then you accept the person and you recognize that we all are worthy of of forgiveness. But but that repentance has to be sincere. Year, years ago, it can't just be a show because, no. like, some pr- promo guy said, "Oh, look, you screwed up. Yeah. You better apologize." Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, years ago, the phrase that was popular in the Jesus circles was "love, love." What was it again, Tim? Love, love the person, the not, not the deed. Love, love the sinner, not, not the, the sin. sin right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, I like this better. Love the sinner, hate your own sin. Well, there you. That's yeah, yeah. There you go. You're, somebody else's sin's got none of your business. Well, you know, yeah, and and I mean, it depends how you define the word sin. It because does. Sin. I I would suggest that that sin is is an expression of our separation from God, from the from the divine, and so and so that's what we're perpetually trying to bridge, can to I, trying to can make I, that. Connection. Wait, can I sound theologically wise just for a second? Go for it. I Only mean, for a second. May I? <laughs> The, the the English word, the word sin comes from, is actually an archery term. Did you know that? No. It means to miss the bullseye. It okay. means not perfection. 
Okay. You don't. It's you're outside of the bullseye. You're outside of perfection. Okay. That's all it is. Right. That's what sin is. Not being perfect. The only person in this room that's perfect is uh, is Leanne. See what I did there? I, I picked her out from underneath the bus and I held her up. See, it's so true. Hey? Live in studio, uh, Mr. Ken Whiteley is about to perform What, Pray Tell? Well, I thought on the, I kind of keep the theme that we were on there. Yes. Missing the, it's just, you know, we're off target sometimes. Yeah. Often. Most, all the time. All the time, say. sure. But, 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 but that doesn't stop us from still aiming. For the target. Nice. We have to know what the target is. So yep. this is this is one. Ken Whiteley on the Drew Marshall Show. So good to have you back in the house. I should have done the math. I should have gone back and just counted 
Do you know, it's, just, it's gotta be like your sixth or fifth time here, right? I mean, you've gotta well, be sick of me No, I'm now. not, no, no, Drew, you're an interesting person, I, and I like you. <laughs> I'm not sure how to take that. <laughs> That's like when you say to about a girl, well, she's got a nice personality. You know, what does that mean? What does that really mean, Ken? Well, I don't want to go on a date with you. <laughs> But but I like talking to you and I like uh, hanging out with you and uh, you know you know What do you think's going to happen if you had to bet your last dollar Oh dear on what is going to happen when you die What is going to happen when I die Yeah I think that I will see a great light in the sky No oh. I, 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 will, I was just rhyming I will there. just be uh, yeah I think that you know that that we leave the body Mhm and that, then our soul will have that that time of revelation if if we're if we're ready for it. But I don't I don't define that in quite maybe the narrow terms that that a lot of Christians mm-hmm. define that. You know where it's like it's it's a continuation. I I would suggest of what what our lives have been that that we change. You know just the same way as birth is an important part of life. Death is also this important stage that we go through. You uh, exude light. Uh, it might be because you're a white guy with a white beard and white hair and a white <laughs> shirt, shirt right, now. right yeah. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you, you have the same kind of exuberant brilliance that leaks out of your soul. As same as Tommy Emmanuel. Do you oh, remember Tommy nice. Emmanuel? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I signed a guitar that was also signed by Tommy Emmanuel today. Wow. It was Tim's guitar. We don't. We, for me. We don't talk about Tim. On the oh, show, okay. little as possible, just okay. as little as possible. I want to let everyone know about Ken Whiteley's Sunday Gospel Music and Brunch at Hughes Room because it's back live. The series kicks off on Wednesday, October 29th, with Sacred Steel guitarist Chuck Campbell of the Campbell Brothers and the fabulous Levy Sisters, Moyne Cecile, bassist George Kohler of the Shuffle Demons. And, Among other things. I mean, George, many, uh, George is, he's he, got to be one of the hardest working guys in Toronto. Yeah, he's hes coming off playing a jazz cruise with, I'm not sure who he's, he, he like he gets back Saturday night from the Caribbean or somewhere, I, I don't know. Yeah. And yeah, he's, he's, he's all over the world playing music all the time. He was in the studio here once with Lila Bialy. Yes. And uh, loved, loved it. Yep. And of course, uh, drummer Bucky Berger of Fathead will also be part of this ensemble. And of course, Bucky is someone who's been playing with me Forever. since 1980. Wow. So, Brunch friends. from one with music from two. Get your tickets and table reservations now from HughesRoomLive.com. HughesRoomLive.com. Go there. And uh, I'll see you there. And come say hi to me. I love uh, meeting the odd person. Um, Ken, because of the whole light thing that you are all about, I go the other way. I'm an I'm an Enneagram 4, which means I like to get down with people in the darkness. I very easily get there. So that means when Michael Pinball Clemens is on the show, I want to know about his breakdowns and when he's gotten angry and when he's a mm-hmm. jerk. Mm-hmm. What I want to know from you is, have you ever encountered darkness? Either personally or in somebody else. Evil, darkness, just something. You know, Romeo Dallaire, who Tim's a big fan of, Shake Hands with the Devil, that was his whole thing, where he shook the hand of the enemy leader in during the Rwandan genocide, and he felt like he shook hands with the devil. Yeah. So either in yourself or someone else, have you ever felt darkness? Well, I would say not to that extent, for no. sure. You know, uh, we, I don't know if it's say more meaningful, but but no, we, we have to confront who we are all the time. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm generally 
I try and stay a positive person, but sir, certainly I've been, I get angry sometimes, yeah. you know, unjustifiably. So there, there's stuff that I shouldn't get angry about that I do, and there's things that I should get angry about that I don't, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. But uh, I, I think that, that you have to look at the big picture of the trajectory of things, and, and I think you have to continue to look at how, okay, well, so I've made that mistake. How can I not make it as often? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and and so that's you know I mean that's that's kind of more where we most of us live like most of us are not going to be like Romeo Dallaire and and meet some guy who is just kind Exuding of setting setting, setting in motion yes. you know the death of hundreds of thousands yeah. of people yeah, you yeah, know? yeah yeah that's pretty extreme but but we we do encounter all kinds of darkness and I think uh, so what did what did Romeo Dallaire say when when he talked about that experience? I guess he said it actually helped him believe in the good supernatural. It helped his faith, uh, and and that's the conversation he and I had because I have struggles believing in the supernatural. Period. Believing in something invisible when it's not a tangible reality in my life anyway. Of course, I'll look back on it in hindsight. I'm sure and see lots of tangibility and a few tangerines. Uh, but I, Homer, do you like tangerines too? No, yeah. you don't need to come to the mic. They're, they're very orangey. <laughs> um, but I have this thought that if maybe if I encountered supernatural evil, ipso facto, that would help me believe in supernatural good. Anything supernatural. What about, uh, like, do you, quantum physics? Are, are you up on what's going on in quantum physics? You know, because they say that, that consciousness is inherent in even the smallest particles of the universe. That, right. And that... You can exert a an observational. All you do is observe something, and it changes its course. And not only that, uh, the other quark, like going in the opposite direction, also changes course at the same time. So they speculate that there's not just more than three dimensions, but there are like seven, eight. Who knows mm-hmm. how many mm-hmm. dimensions there are? And so clearly, the perceived universe is even scientists will tell you that 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 is not all there is Mm. that there is a lot more to this universe than just the physical chemical electrical stuff that's going on yeah yeah. and it doesn't it doesn't negate the physical chemical stuff that's going on but Mm. it but it just means that there is a superstructure to that that's that includes that that expands and what do you read obviously like i'm still with the hardy boys how about you Uh, well, I, I was reading two interesting books simultaneously, kind of, and one, one was by a guy named Bill Bryson, and the other was was by a guy named um, Ken Wilbur. So Bill Bryson, he's a writer, and so he kind of like began wondering, like about all the science stuff and how did the world begin and yeah. what's what's going on with the world, and and so he tried to figure out how everything about how the the world is, but he. But essentially, he is a bit of a materialist at heart. I mean, that's kind of where he is. And Ken Wilber, on the other hand, is someone who has been involved in all kinds of, you know, consciousness kinds of things, Buddhist practices, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and he's a philosopher and theologian, and he's someone who has synthesized a lot of different theological and psychological ideas, and he's one of these super sharp like super brain guys who, right. who can kind of pull a whole bunch of different things together and put a framework so, on it that makes so, them make sense. So you read these two books, and they kind of, in a sense, complement each other because they're talking about very different things. Because what Ken Wilber is talking about is, is how there is this outward progression and that so much of science is about measuring the observable yeah. 
And yet, so much of our own experience, equally important, is what goes on inside us. Okay. And so there is not necessarily, you can't statistically observe what's going on inside someone else. It, it, it's experience. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's not valid. Right. So both of those things are valid. So it's like, you know, and he, and it projects at both the individual level and the, and the macro level. So he, he's looking at universe from that perspective. How about those Leafs? Well, I, I yeah, yeah. And, and, should, and should the Jays trade Donaldson? I mean, you know, that's really, you know, what it comes down to. Oh, man. You know? uh, we'll get you to do another song in just a second here, um, if you don't mind. Would I'd you mind doing to, another one? Um, but the, the one book that rocked your world the most in the last, say, 10 years. Oh. You book, strike me as a Dostoevsky kind of guy, but. I read, I read all the Dostoevsky I could get my hands there on you go. at a certain point in my 20s. Yeah. I had an interesting teacher when I was in grade 13, when they used to have grade Do you hear 13. that, kids? Grade 13. Grade 13, yes. I remember. Yes. I remember. Yeah. We have grade 12 now. Yeah. Although it's kind of interesting. My son decided he was going to do grade... They, they canceled grade 13 for on him. Like, when he started high school, it was still happening, and then they canceled it on him, and he decided he was going to do it anyway. So he did <laughs> He did his final year of high school over two years. And, Beautiful. And that way he got to sleep in yeah. for the whole second yeah. year. Yeah, I did that in my final year of high school, too. It was grade 9, but... Right. Two years of grade nine, and I was done. There you go. Yeah. Anyway. Yes. Anyway, so yeah, so you were asking me what was about the question? Books, books. The, b- yeah. books. Yeah, and the, the book that's rocked my world. Yeah. So what was I going about? Oh, great! You asked me about Dostoevsky. Yeah, and yeah. And I was telling you about Paul. Ken, will you Paul stay Speck. focused? <laughs> Good point. Paul Speck. <laughs> Paul Speck was my high school English teacher in grade thirteen. Okay. And he had been Mr. Speck. He had been a, a, a Jesuit priest. In New York City, he he used to preach. Cardinal Spellman was the, his diocesan, diocesan head, and okay. all this sort of stuff. And he, this was in the '60s, and he would speak out about the Vietnam War, and and, and eventually he he left the priesthood and yeah. and came uh, back to Canada and and uh, he taught high school for a while, and then he started a winery and. That was it. You know. I'm sorry. Can we just stay on that point just for a second? Where's the winery? Uh, in Niagara. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, but 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 <laughs> when he was teaching me high school, he was very he was great, and he got us reading John Donne and Dostoevsky and all these different uh, theologians, and he would do stuff like he would. I now I can see it in hindsight that he was just like getting out. It was not just an educative technique, but he would say, Whiteley, teach the class today. Teach it, you know, stand up and, and, and teach us something. Yeah, yeah. How'd and, you do? Oh, well, it was fun. It was exhilarating. It was, sure. you know, people liked it. He liked it. He thought it was great. Uh, but I also see his ulterior motive that, you know, that way he didn't have to, he didn't, he didn't have a lesson plan. <laughs> he could just <laughs> pass yep. it off to me. But, yep. but anyway, but he was, it was great for me because he, he gave me confidence and he exposed us to a lot of great thinkers and, I read a biography of Martin Luther King this past year. I'm not going to go 10 years because that's kind of a long time. Frame. Okay, all right. But but I read the biography of of Martin Luther King. Yeah. And I realized how in my formative years, when I was like 13, 14, 15, and when all of that civil rights stuff was was happening, mm. how influential that was on me. And following that, I went to a Presbyterian church in Don Mills. And during the march from Selma to, to uh, the capital of, of Alabama, that 
our minister actually went south and participated in the march and stuff wow. like that. Wow. And and then came back and they did a whole thing at the church about what was going on there, you know, after having really been there. And 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 by then too, by 64, 65, I was getting into the music and you know, 64, I I heard Bernice Reagan sing for the first time who was was a high school student in 1962 in um, Albany, Georgia. And King did a, you know, was involved in a, a big, you know, try and get voter rights sure. and, and all this sort of stuff in Albany, Georgia. And and so she was, became part of the movement. And then she went on to form a group called Sweet Honey in the Rock. But anyway, King himself was <laughs> such an influence on me. Yep. And and then realizing this again, like when I was in high school, I I was a conscientious objector to wrestling. I, I refused to, to wrestling. Yeah, I, I in the <laughs> high school gym program. I, I oh, said, me too. I said I'm a pacifist. This is against my beliefs. I don't. I. I but is that really what was that? Oh, totally. I didn't want to do it either. Right. Uh, but I, that's because I didn't want to touch sweaty guys and stuff and yeah, wrestle on yeah. the mat. It was just gross. So I faked a seizure. Oh really? So then they, I was like, I can't do this, right? And but then they called an ambulance, and I had to, I got healed real quick. I True story. Uh, when I when I was told, you know, uh, that I had to participate in the wrestling program, I if I had to do that, then I would just go limp, passive <laughs> passive resistance. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because because I really think that we have to uh, grow beyond uh, violence as a way to solving our problems. You know that that that's the problems that face this earth really require collective effort and and so you are a great setup for our next guest who is going to join us momentarily and ken is going to grab his guitar and play us out of this segment ken whiteley in the studio kenwhiteley.com there are three e's in ken whiteley if you can find them you deserve to go to kenwhiteley.com Ken Whiteley's Sunday Gospel Music and Brunch at Hughes Room Live is back. The series kicks off on October 29th with Sacred Steel guitarist Chuck Campbell of the Campbell Brothers, the fabulous Levy Sisters, Moyne and Cecile, bassist George Kohler of the Shuffle Demons, drummer Bucky Berger of Fathead. Uh, brunch from one, music of two. Get your tickets and table reservations now from HughesRoomLive.com. HughesRoomLive.com. What are you taking us out with, Ken? Well, I, I think in, in the context of what we were just talking about, this is a song that says, Give Your Hands to Struggle. Maybe everybody in the room could help us sing this. We're joining in, just like he does at the, at so the Gospel the, Brunch. So, if you see me stumble, don't just stand and look on. Reach on out Give your hands to struggle And if you see my heart break Don't just count the sound waves Reach on out Give your hands to struggle. 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 
Don't just count the sound waves Reach on out now, sisters Cause you know we're all in this together Give your hands to struggle Yeah, yeah Take us out, Mr. Ken Whiteley.